0: You are listening to the Freedom Fellowship audio podcast from Freedom Fellowship Church in Tontytown, Arkansas. Our mission is to love God, love others, and serve both. And now let's listen in to this week's sermon. But we're going to be in Luke chapter 11. So as you turn there, I'm going to open us up with prayer. But Luke chapter 11, verses 1 through 4. Father, we come to you this morning and just, we can feel your presence in this room. Uh, I I pray and I ask that you stay here. I pray that I get out of the way and that the words that you want to be said are said and and what doesn't need to be said that doesn't need to be said. I just want to be a vessel. May your Holy Spirit move through me and fill this room. We love you so much and we thank you for all that you've done for us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So Luke chapter 11, 1 through 4. So the title of this teach us to pray part one Justin is gonna pick up from verse five where he kind of shows us how to pray and I'm reading from the NLT once Jesus was in a certain place praying as he finished one of his disciples came to him and said Lord teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples Jesus said this is how you should pray father may your name be kept holy may your kingdom come soon Give us each day the food we need, and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us, and don't let us yield to temptation. So Matthew reads a little bit different. Um, The first first time I can recall the Lord's Prayer, honestly, was freshman year of high school, football, and we would recite this prayer after every practice, after every game, and it continued throughout. my high school career, and I went to a public school. Um, and then I went to uh, college at Southern Baptist College, so it kind of continued through there, but so that's my first recollection of that prayer. And we all knew, it, we all recited it, and it just kind of became a big bumble, you know, or a whole group saying something, it's a big, you know, it's just a big mumble. And I heard the words, but gosh, I wish I'd have known what it really was. Now, a funny story of this, and this coach is not in the room, so I'm not telling on him. This was not him. But I recall this, and I will not name this coach's name just in case he ever somehow finds this and watches it. But we're at the end of freshman practice, and um, I almost said his name by accident because I love him, but (laughs) I still remember this. He goes, where everybody's kind of talking, he goes, shut your up. All right, let's pray. And then we said the Lord's Prayer. <laughs> and so for me, I still remember that. And now I kind of understand you get kind of angry sometimes and got to get a bunch of 15-year-old guys to be quiet. But I remember just giggling at that, finding it funny. All right, the Lord's Prayer. Teach us to pray. So Luke 11.1. 1. Once Jesus was in a certain place praying, as he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray. Just as John taught his disciples. I like this because as he said, as he finished, they didn't interrupt him. You know, here you are sitting in the presence of God, in the presence of Jesus. And I can you just think about everything running through your head, but they didn't interrupt him. They were in awe of what was going on. They allowed him to finish. And there's some, I know that I'm this way when when you see something that fascinates you, or you're hearing something that it really intrigues you. It's hard not to kind of intervene a little bit and kind of cut them off and, and start asking questions and kind of get into it. But they just sat there and they let him finish. I, I imagine they were amazed and curious at how, at how he was talking with the father. I mean, we, we have the scripture. We have the word of God in our hands. But can you imagine actually sitting there with him and seeing how the relationship with, with God is supposed to be? I mean, you're, they're getting to witness that. I just love how they let him finish, and then they start getting into questions with him. I also like how they said, "How they said not how," they didn't say, "How do we pray?" Teach us to pray. And I think that's very important right there that we pay attention to that. It wasn't how they humbling themselves to say, "Teach us to pray." Such a magnetic, magnetic, just picture—a glimpse into his relationship with God. You know, here these disciples are and these people are yearning for a relationship with God, and they're getting to witness how to do it. And You know, those things are sitting there with him watching it. Also, a note about this prayer is here's what I like. It's very simple. They said, teach us to pray. And it wasn't this long, drawn-out words, here, look at me, how smart I am. I am the Son of God. It was just very simple and short. And some things I looked up and studied and and. I've learned a whole lot about prayer in the last couple of years of my life, and I've learned that it is a very simple thing. I used to complicate it. I used to try to not show God how smart I was, but just when you don't really know what you're doing, you kind of overcompensate, you know? And so you you try and you try instead of just sitting and being in his presence. Who feels like they have a good prayer life? Who feels like it's, eh. I mean, I'm both sometimes. You know, has anybody mastered it? Has anybody figured it all out? Exactly, and that's what I like. It's such a simple thing, but it's not mastered by anyone. We can continue to grow. And I'm sitting there thinking that, you know, looking at the relationship with his disciples, and they're seeing Jesus with his relationship with the Father. What is the key to any relationship? Communication. If you don't communicate, you don't grow. Such a simple prayer right here. Simple as can be. If we don't communicate with the Father, we're not going to grow. And if we don't grow, what are we? We're lukewarm. And he says it's better to be opposite of that. He does us be hot or cold, not lukewarm. Communication is key. Verse 2. I'm sorry, I'm very dry-mouthed this morning. Luke eleven two, 2 Jesus said, This is how you should pray. Father, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. How many times have we gone into prayer, going to the Father when it's all about us? A bunch. Especially if you're going through a crisis or some kind of trauma like it is about you. Here he's telling us, It's about you, God. So we acknowledge the Father. It's all about him. Your name be kept holy, you are here. Matthew 6, 9 reads, Father in heaven. Separate from your earthly father. I am very blessed with a wonderful dad. But it is separate. He is the king. He is separate. We have to acknowledge that. Holy means set apart. May your name be kept holy that kind of hits a little bit because how many times we hear people say oh my god you know Here say don't use it in vain but it hits a little to me he's a little different when we're talking about it, it is the holiest of holies it is the holy name and I mean I've said it I've been wrong you know um, I feel kind of you know like how dare me to, to I mean, he is holy his name is there and I've tried to bring it down to me your kingdom may your kingdom come soon okay this stepped on my toes a whole lot your will not mine not what i want if, if your toes aren't stepped on maybe i'm the only one that's selfish and wants things done my way i don't think i'm the only one that way but to approach the father and say may your kingdom come may your will be done not what i want I'll tell you, this smashed me in the toes, it punched me in the throat, slapped me in the back of the head. Because I think we've all been there. We've begged and we've begged for something to go the way that we want it to, where we want things. And it's hard to imagine outside, like how can something else be better than this? I think a lot of us have been there. How can we step all, over here and it be better? Because we can't see it. We don't have faith. We don't trust it. But it's not what I want. We have to go... To, the Father in prayer and say, help my mind and my heart to align with your will. Not what I think I want it to be, not what I see it where it should be. Because a lot of times, you know, I'm smarter than he is. You know, and I, I think I know more. Help my mind and my heart to align with your will. Verses 1 and 2, focus on the Father, acknowledging him. Verses 3 and 4, I don't want to say the focus shifts to us, but he's telling us we acknowledge him, we acknowledge the Father, and then we can get into talking to him. Today. So Luke eleven three 3 says, give us each day the food we need. Matthew 6, 11 says, give us today our daily bread. Today. Not tomorrow. Not yesterday. Today. Take care of me today. Philippians 4, 6 through 7 Don't worry about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Don't worry about tomorrow. I am the world's worst, and I've admitted that up here before. I'm a worrier. It's kind of who I am, and it's something I have to lay at God's feet every day, and some days I don't want to. I don't want to lay it at his feet because it's easier to worry sometimes. Because I have some trust issues with him. Matthew 6, 25, 34, if you will turn there. And this is kind of long, but I think it's so important. And here we are. If you're so Matthew earlier, Matthew 6 is the Lord's Prayer. And then in Matthew 6, 25. I think it's great how he keeps going into things. And here's what he tells us. Verse 25. Therefore I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothing? Consider the birds of the sky. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns, yet our heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you worth more than they? Can any of you add one moment to his life spanned by worrying? Anybody figure that out yet? Somebody said, yeah. (laughs) And why do you worry about clothes? Observe how the wildflowers of the field grow. They don't labor or spin thread. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was adorned like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and thrown into the furnace tomorrow, won't he do much more for you, you of little faith? So don't worry, saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided for you. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So there he is right there, Jesus commanding us not to worry. Now, it doesn't say that we don't sit still and just, I heard Tony Evans talk about this verse and how a bird, the bird doesn't sit there with its mouth open waiting for God just to drop a worm out. You know, that's kind of a whole other sermon in itself. So we still do and we still go about our business. But verse 33, seek first the kingdom of God. That's what we have to do first. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided for you. Moving on to uh, Luke eleven four, 4. Forgiveness and temptation. Luke 11, 4. And forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation. It also says, and keep us from being tested. So I kind of broke this down into two different parts, broke it down into forgiveness and then temptation. Forgiveness is a very tough thing. We beg God for it. But it's, it's very hard to give it. It's very hard to give it out. And yet I wrong the Lord every day. I sin every day. I lie, I worry. I try to keep control. And every day, he keeps forgiving me, and he keeps forgiving me. So he's commanding us that we must forgive as he forgives. First John nine says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous, to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Ephesians 4.32 says, Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. A note that I wrote down was, you know, as you pray, as you get Holy Spirit, reveal my sin to my like, reveal my sin to myself. Show me where I'm wrong. Show me where I'm failing, so I can bring it to you and lay it at your feet. Holy Spirit, please step in. Please fill me and step in, and show me what I'm supposed to do. Temptation. Uh, as I was reading that, I was actually met with Justin. I think a couple of Sundays ago, and um, or last Sunday, I think. But we were reading this, and you know, eleven forces, and don't let us yield to temptation. Um, I usually read it out of the CSB, and I really didn't like the way that it read. Then I looked at the NLT, and I liked how it said, "Don't let us yield to temptation, or keep us from being tested." The thing is important to know: God does not lead us into temptation. God does not tempt us. First Corinthians ten thirteen says the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience, and God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out that so you can endure. Now, I think it's important, and there's a difference between temptation and what you can bear. I've heard this verse get twisted and contorted a whole lot about God will never give you more than you can bear. Bull, you know the rest of it. I was a few months into... Um, I had gone to this uh, men's study group, and um, it was funny. I was brought there for a reason, and I almost didn't go because it was during football season. I was going to be late. I wasn't going to make it there on time, and I, I don't like that. I don't like walking into a crowd of people that I don't know, being late. And so I'm driving home, and then my car's on the interstate. I'm like, okay, but I really didn't mean to turn that way. As I said, I'm going home. I'm going over the overpass. I'm not going. Going halfway. All right, God, I'm not doing this. I mean, I'm arguing with him on the way. Like, I'm not doing this. I get to the house, see all these cars, and I'm just, you know, my anxiety just really picks up. I'm like, I'm not walking in there. And then I'm knocking on the front door. And I'm like, <sighs> I'm like, okay, Holy Spirit, I'm like, please stop, you know. So I'm sitting on the floor. They're halfway done with all this. And my buddy gets up. And, uh... He basically calls me out, and I'm like, I won't say in my head I didn't have some very nice things to say at the time, because I was not in a good place, and I was not happy to be there. Well, come to find out there was another man there that was going through something very similar, and I'm like, but I ain't ready for this. Then I'm on my feet talking, and I'm like, oh, crap, here we go. You know, like the spirit just moved and had me up, but he brought me there for a reason. It's because somebody else needed to hear my words. But saying it was a great night, but we're outside talking after this is done. And this man takes this verse and twists it and says, But God will never give you more than you can bear. And I said, Bull crap. And I'll be honest, I didn't say CRAP. I was kind of hot and I was kind of mad. And I just said it out. And he kind of looked at me. And I said, nowhere in God's word does it say that. It said, I told him it like talks about temptation. I'm getting into that because it's important to know that the word says He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. The temptation, not what you can bear. Because I promise you, and a lot of you in here know this, He gives you or allows things to happen that's way more than you can bear. And the only way to get through it is through His strength. And I keep looking at Jesse, and I just keep getting drawn to him and I mean but there's so many people in this room that that they have that story where they couldn't bear it the, the only way out of the deep dark hole was to be dragged out by God and yes dragged out verse 2 his will we have to get on his path so this ties in temptation part and those of you that have gotten on that path, okay, God, I'm 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 ready. I am ready to walk down this path. And I see this this picture, and I'm kind of I'm gonna paint it for you if I can, where you're literally on a path that's kind of light, but everything out here is dark. But you see a doorway, and you know that's where I gotta go because he's showing you you gotta go here. Satan's gonna use anything and everything he can to entice you. He's gonna make you think that it's the voice of God. Sometimes it's not. Satan will use anything he can. Some things may appear as holy to get you off of that path. Matthew 6, 13 says, and don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. Stay on the path. If you're not sure what voice you're hearing, stop, sit, pray. God, who about, who do I hear? It's that simple. It is more complex than that, but it is simple to just stop and sit. A lot of us can't sit still long. I mean, a lot of us, like, I don't mind sitting on the couch for a little while, but as far, like, I can't do it very long. My, my dad, like, I don't, it's very odd to see him, like, sitting down. Like, he'll sit down for maybe 30 minutes to an hour, but then he's gotta go do something, you know. And maybe I haven't seen all that. Maybe maybe he's getting older and does sit down a lot more. But there's a man I work with. He literally he gets done eating, beats everybody, gets up, goes out. <clears throat> like can't sit still. But those of us that like to control things and like to it's hard for us to sit. My encouragement to you is just stop, take a deep breath, sit, and say, Father, I need to hear you. I need to be with you. Takeaways. Once you to get two points prayer is simple don't overthink it the Lord's prayer is the model when you're not sure what to pray or you're just kind of lost or thing go look at that then ask God okay God show me where else to look it may take you to Psalms it may take you somewhere else look over his word that's where you pray number two surrender all lay it down at his feet that is so hard for us to do, but it's so important that daily, hourly, I should have looked at my mother. <laughs> hourly, minute, whatever you got to do, lay it down at his feet. Please, I bet it's not worth it. It's not worth it to hang on to it. It's not worth hanging on to the bitterness and letting your anger boil over like we talked about yesterday. Anger's okay, but letting it turn into something else, it's not good three categories of where you may be today some of you may be on the path you know you're you're rock solid you know kind of where things are coming from and you're staying on the path so hopefully today is a vote of confidence to keep on keeping on maybe you're off the path maybe you've detoured a little bit maybe you've been enticed or distracted by some things along the way unsure of the voice you hear that's speaking to you it's time to stop sit and pray Maybe you're searching for a path. You're longing and you're searching and you have no idea. You thought you knew what was going on. You thought that maybe you were off the, maybe detour, but maybe you're just so far going or you're just not sure. Here's what I want you to know. He wants you. He wants a relationship with you. He is longing for you. He is, he is wanting to bring you in. Those of you that are on the path of detour, he wants to keep holding you close. Those that are off of it and not sure he wants you so bad. It is time. It's time to repent from the ways of this world and come home. As the worship team makes their way up, I'm going to, they're about to sing a song called I Surrender. And so I'm going to read the first few lines or verses of this song. And as they play, we have elders uh, coaches in the back. Tom can be up front if we need to. If others, if you need to, find somebody. Here I am, down on my knees again, surrendering all. And find me here, Lord, as you draw me near. I'm desperate for you. I surrender. Drench my soul as mercy and grace unfold. I hunger and thirst. With arms stretched wide, I know you hear my cry. Speak to me now, I surrender, I surrender. I wanna know you more. Jesus surrendered all for you and for us. It is time for us to surrender for, to him. I beg you, I implore you, if, that's, if Jesus is speaking, if, you're, if you feel that something moving you, don't ignore it. Listen to what that voice is. Come home to Jesus and be a part of the family. Thank you so much for listening to the Freedom Fellowship audio podcast. We are located at 990 West Henry de Taunty Boulevard in Tauntytown, Arkansas. You can check us out on the web at freedomfellowship.com or you can find us on social media by searching Freedom Fellowship NWA. We hope you have a great week and that you live out the mission of the church, which is to love God, love others, and serve both.